0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of Far Out, friends. In the spirit of October, Samhain, and Halloween, we are bringing you some spooky stories, a little content warning for everybody. We do get into topics of death, demons, and negative entities, so maybe if you are younger, skip this episode. We hope you enjoy, and have a happy fall. <laughs> Hi, guys, and welcome to the fourth episode of Far Out, Friends. This is our spooky episode. Woo! I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting for two months for this episode. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I've been like, you know, stewing on some stories for y'all. But I think um, we've all been through collective experiences together, too, which is kind of a, a unique spooky-sode. Um, mm-hmm. So, happy Halloween, getting you spooky on. Oh, happy October. <laughs> yeah, happy, yeah, happy <laughs> October. Happy fall equinox. Happy Samhain. Samhain's coming up, mm-hmm. the veil is thinning. Yes. Ooh, I'm so excited. I love this time of year. I do too. I
1: I mean, I feel like it's just a fun festival. I feel like we're really getting into the season where things get
0: very festive and yes. decorative yeah. and
2: all that stuff. This is definitely my like favorite time of year overall in every way.
0: It's a favorite time of year, and then things are starting to slow down, it's time for inner reflection, mm-hmm. um, the leaves are turning, you're shedding your skin, there's more like internal thought with the the darkening of the days. Um, and yeah, Salon's coming up, the, ve- the veil is thinning, and um, ghosts are abound. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about our ghost stories, because there are plenty to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but first let's like check in and see like where we're at. Dahlia, you've had quite a week. Yay! Maybe <laughs> oh. backing off of our last episode of Manifestation. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Did I say in that episode that I was trying to manifest a home? Yeah. Well, it happened. It wasn't just me, it was a collective effort of many, many people praying for me, manifesting for me. Um, and I did find the perfect place, like actually the perfect place, <laughs> the best case scenario, a wonderful little cottage up like near the mountains and it's on like an acre of land and it's right around the corner from this big, beautiful farm that, you know, has this wonderful farm stand and my dogs can romp and play and I can have a garden and guys, like it's literally just, <laughs> I, one, once it actually happened, i feel like i i literally just turned to my guides and i was like guys i'm so sorry for freaking out so much these past couple months i just wasn't sure what was gonna happen with my housing i i pulled the tarot cards and they always said don't worry it'll be fine (laughs) but you know i just yeah i apologize Understandable. Well, you really got so, it close. i have in an anxious mess, and I'm sorry you guys had to see that. <laughs> it's okay. But, uh, yes, I did. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very excited, and I move in next week. I just okay. got a place yesterday, and I met the landlords, and they yeah. handed me the keys, and I'm moving in next week. So,
2: Fantastic. look It's home. beautiful. It's like a little, like, it looks like a little barn, almost, yeah. right? And it's just, like, it's its own little separate House, Yeah. And it's just so cool. Which is
1: great as opposed to like, um, because up until now I've just lived in kind of like multifamily homes (laughs) or like kind of like in-law sections. Um, So it's really, really nice to have my own, basically my own separate property. And my landlords are like, you can do, literally whatever you want to the property because as long as they're like as long as it's constructive and not destructive to the property um so they're yeah. like you can build garden beds you can plant these things you can paint you can you know do whatever really because it does nothing but just up its property value so um yeah it's just it's a great great deal and me and the pups are about to live in that mountain life. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm very excited about
2: it. In-unit laundry. Oh my God, bathtub. that was huge.
1: That was huge. <laughs> it middle, has it's a little one, in the middle
2: of nowhere, but like she's got in-unit laundry. That is that's such massive. a big deal. For yeah.
1: anyone yeah. who doesn't like go to the laundromat, when you have to go to the laundromat, it's literally like $15 to do your laundry. It isn't oh, a nice. genuine expense. Yeah. And it has a bathtub. So it has like a full bath. And I could take bubble baths and I could freaking wash wash my sheets whenever I want.
2: You can take a bath <laughs> while washing your sheets. <laughs> in the same room. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm I'm so happy and excited for it. It's it's I'm like becoming more and more just a little crazy herb woman in the woods and yeah, yeah I'm excited for it. And kind of talking about this fall energy where going into the winter time, like Kaylee said, um, That's a time of year when kind of working with the cosmic energetic makeup um, and kind of following the seasons. That's the time when you turn inward and you bring your energy inside of yourself and kind of to your home. Um, It's like the trees during the uh, warm seasons, the trees are bursting outward and gaining Nutrients externally and you know they have the leaves and they're flowering and all of this sort of stuff and they gather all of this energy and bring it all down into their roots and store and kind of work on strengthening their roots and and you know using that food store that they got from the summer months and so we're going from this huge season of a lot of um the external energies and us interacting with our external world, which was very much the case for my life <laughs> these past couple I feel like everything Externally for me has completely changed um, And now it's time to kind of bring that energy in bring it into myself and Work on like my home space and it's great.
0: It's yeah, really so what do you have going on with your herbal business?
1: um I right now uh, kind of what's what usually is happening so right now I'm still offering um herbal teas Uh, I have pre-made teas and I also make custom herbal teas for um you know uh if people are looking for specifics to their body I give like free um for your first herbal consultation which is kind of like a whole holistic health consultation um it's free and so we kind of like sit down and like go through your whole system and what's going on and um that could be either just for your knowledge or it could be for the end goal of like you getting a custom blend. Um, and then I also have uh, my tinctures. I offer all my tinctures um, and fire cider and elderberry syrup. So I'm mm-hmm. super excited because this is the first year that I've made fire cider. In the past couple of years, I've wanted to make it and it just hadn't happened for whatever life reasons. Um, but I made, it's in the process of kind of stewing my fire cider and then that will be done come October, so very soon, um, in like a week and a half or so, uh, cause it has to kind of like, um, infuse, um, and around that time I'm also going to have batches of elderberry syrup. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that stuff is like chock full of like tons and tons of like, immune system boosting health tonics and even my elderberry syrup is yes elderberry but also like chamomile and nettles and like all of that good stuff in there Great. so
0: yeah oh i can't wait for that
1: yes what about you kaylee what do you have going on
0: um so october is a big month for me i have a pop-up tarot readings at the angel cooperative in ridgefield connecticut on the 30th of October and I'm also starting up bi-monthly moon ceremonies so manifesting and working with the new moon and the full moon and this is something that I have been doing for what almost three or four years now Dolly and Mm I Um, and now I'm bringing it to the local community which I'm very excited about and of course I have my Archangel sprays on my website. You can get them at the Angel Cooperative and uh, digital tarot readings. Perfect. That's what's going on. Okay. Oh, wait. I'm so, I feel like we just checked in on my
1: life. Do we want to check in on your guys' lives? Nothing's new. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> nothing's new. <laughs> Everything's good, but nothing's like new. <laughs> okay, oh, I also moved into a new place. Oh, yeah. So I'm a podcast. new apartment. <laughs> That's interesting. yeah. No, I love it. It's great. It, <laughs> you know,
2: it's also got a bathtub. It also
0: has hiking trails, and it's also jealous. in like beautiful nature. Yeah, such, so. yeah. Mm. So it's all good. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Times are changing. Yes. Yeah. You got anything I, new?
2: I still live in my same apartment. Um,
0: <laughs> you still don't have a bathtub in that
2: apartment. I still don't have a bathtub. Stange. I don't have in-unit laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but no, a lot of my life has just been practicing putting what I want on the table before trying to impress others. So it's kind of like with work or like jobs, you know, and things like that um, about asserting myself. So it's kind of just been my little journey on the side. Yeah.
0: Let's get into our spooky stories. I think um, we all had very vivid experiences in Dahlia's old apartment. Yes. Um, so we'll save those for the end because yeah. those are the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've all had kind of unique different experiences throughout our lives. And I think that's something that comes with being intuitive or just open-minded is that kind of some strange occurrences happen and they make for great stories. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like whenever I talk to somebody who maybe hasn't had a paranormal experience, their doubt oftentimes uh, comes from They'll say, you know, whenever I hear these stories from somebody, like, it's always like they knew somebody who knew somebody. And they're like, like, do you actually know, like, firsthand experiences of things? I'm like, yes, yes. many. <laughs> I, it's not, I know someone who know. it's me. <laughs> it happened to me. <laughs> yeah. um, Kaylee, do you want to go first? Because I feel like you have some fun ones.
0: So my first ghost story is actually a family story. I wasn't here for this one, um, but it's kind of like a legend in my family and um, we always tell it at Christmas time or like any (laughs) holiday where we're together. And um, it really started with my grandfather who was passing away from a brain tumor and this was before I was born. And um, they used to live in Long Island and my grandfather, my mom, My dad and my grandma were with him when he passed. He was at his house. And then my aunt and uncle and their small um, son were in a different house across town. And he was about five years old. And um, in the middle of the night, he passed away. And, you know, my mom, my dad, and my grandma were all around him and across from town my aunt and uncle wake up and they hear my cousin cracking up in the middle of the night oh, at like 3am so and he's <laughs> laughing like crazy and you know the him, five-year-old yes yeah and my aunt and uncle are like what's going on so they open the door and my cousin's standing there with a toy airplane that my grandfather made him and he said grandpa was here and five minutes later you know they get the phone call from my mom saying that he went and they were like we know oh yeah. well, that's spooky yeah. Yeah, it. it's just such a nice like it's, it's yeah. nice that he would visit my cousin after he passed that is nice Yeah. Um,
1: that reminds me of Scott's spooky grandpa story I feel like that was I mean at first it sounded spooky but <clears throat> it started, it ended up wholesome yeah,
2: I don't. Remember, I don't know what we're talking about. One the TV. With the oh, that one too. That two, those two different stories. Yeah, that's right. my we're great. We're to tell some like very spooky things. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. also also just a real credit
1: to to the arcane Like don't let anything come into this house as we tell these spooky stories.
2: Um, so no story that you're reminding me of. Um, is uh, there's a there's an old story about so my grandparents' house is the most haunted place I'd ever seen in my entire life. Um, for a number of reasons. You can be a person who doesn't really care about, you know, ghosts and things like that, but you still just don't like it. It's just like a feeling and everyone mutually feels that. <laughs> it's uh, full of dolls, so many dolls, and everybody has stories about the dolls opening their eyes and closing their eyes and turning their heads and whatever we got used to the dolls after a while. <laughs> I I mean <laughs> there was a point where we said all right, you know, yeah. but the piano's in this room, so I'm going to I'm going to sit in here because I got to sing. Um <laughs> but no, there was this old story my my great grandfather, he died um yeah, in his room he had his own little bathroom on the side, you know, in that house. And I know my dad was washing my older brother and um, yeah, on the TV, my dad would put on My brother's favorite show And then the TV would immediately change back To my pop-up's favorite show And they'd turn it back to, you know, my brother's Favorite show, <laughs> and it kept popping up To our pop-up's favorite show And, um, it was pretty spooky And my dad's general reaction He kind of laughed and said Hey <laughs> Oh,
1: so this was, uh, yeah. the grandfather had already died Yeah And kept switching the TV channel back Yes Oh. Uh, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell the balloon story.
2: Right, he was so same old man. So this part he was alive, this was before he died. And yeah, he was in the hospital, he had all sorts of issues. This balloon with a clown face um, floated through the hospital window in a way that none of us know how that's even possible, let alone that it was like a clown balloon specifically. Yeah. But yeah, flew through the window and he called him, I think, George. And uh, he just talked to George until the day he died. They were like best friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody knows where the balloon came from, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, pretty spooky stuff. And then my grandparents who are his, his son was one of the grandparents. Um, And yeah, they like framed the balloon and put it in their attic. Um, The same attic, by the way, that was connected to the room with the bathroom with that same TV like story. kept
0: popping. Yeah. Yeah, that's Oh me. yeah, is it
2: was at the way <laughs> it end sit. of this the doesn't attic. Sit well
0: with me. <laughs>
2: oh God. Is it was at the way end, like it was the it end of like the attic. Was, like, and it was just like up straight, just looking at you the moment you opened the attic. Yeah. Oh, it's really good placement.
1: I have a spooky story that, the story itself is paranormal and you know, kind of scary, but experiencing it was very uncomfortable because I feel like when interacting with, um, spirits for lack of a better word, I think that the energy of the spirit can really just be felt where, when you Mm -hmm. interact with something, um, really great, you feel really great and it feels very peaceful and happy. Um, but when it's something that kind of does not have the best intentions or, um, holds a not so great energy. Uh, you definitely feel, um, amounts of like fear and tension and anxiety and like you can feel it in you. And that was the case with, um, with this one story. So this was when I, uh, used to work for my brother's company, uh, throughout college and his company, uh, was a window cleaning company. And we did, um, A lot of like residential window cleaning so we'd go into people's homes and you know kind of get their you know clean their windows Um, and uh, in this particular home they had older windows which were uh, like storm windows if people know what that is it's like the triple track windows and to clean those you have to take them out of the window and so this happened as I was going from room to room and like picking up window panes and bringing them out to the garage to be cleaned Um, And I was with my coworker, Tatiana, and uh, we were going from room to room. It was just the wife who was home and she had a couple of kids and we went into the daughter's room. um, And she seemed like she was maybe in her later teenage years, just based off of her like belongings and the clothing that was around. And she had all of these books around that was very much like wicca 101 and like witchcraft and spells and it was it's very wholesome and she had crystals around and everything and me and tatiana were like oh so great like she's you know exploring spirituality and uh then the next room i walked into was the boys room and there was the bed to the right and then in the center was a desk with like um like a rolling desk chair and for an instant it looked like there was like i thought that uh there was like a man sitting in the chair there and it was just like an instant flash when I when I went in and then I looked again and, and there was nobody there and I, I was like, oh, I guess I was just in my head or, you know, a shadow, but kind of something tugged at me that was like, I feel like there might be some kind of presence around and I didn't pay too much mind to it and I was cleaning the windows in there before bringing the storm panes out and um, then Tatiana tells me, I thought that the boy was in the room because I thought I saw a man sitting in the chair there. And I was like, I saw that too. Mm -hmm. And we were like, Oh, so there's definitely, you know, maybe a ghost or something. And in the beginning it was very much this masculine presence. Um, and he very much just felt like an observer. Um, and so we were like, whatever, like, you know, and at that point, once both of us were aware of him, it became very obvious, just you feel it in your body, this presence kind of around you. Um, and so we're going from room to room, doing our thing, and we feel him very much uh, following us and observing. And Tatiana was like, he's following us. And I was like, whatever, you know, he can. I think he's just interested because we noticed him and he can check us out, he's, he's harmless, right? <laughs> um, and then uh, it was time to go down into the garage. And I went, I was coming up from the basement stairs, um, because that's how you access the garage. And, um, I got to the top of the stairs and one thing about me is like, I will sense presences and I have like, you know, I hear inner messages and such, but something that is very uncomfortable for me is very viscerally like hearing or seeing something. That's a huge boundary cross for me. Like my guides know they can send me messages through animals and numbers and dreams and all of that. But if I like, like if they just pop up in my room one night, that is not cool. (laughs) You know. And so what happened was I went to the top of the stairs and I felt him trailing behind me up the stairs. And then I hear this, this very, very visceral voice go, Hey, right in my ear. No, I hate that. (laughs) Again, you can feel the energy of something and it made me stop in my tracks and like a huge chill went up me and I immediately felt very uncomfortable. (laughs) And I actually stopped and looked around and I thought like, was it the customer, like the wife who was home that said something? Mm -hmm. Was she playing music? Like it was... Right. It it was like as if somebody's mouth was two inches from my ear. It was so visceral. And, um, I, I stood there for a couple seconds and looked around and I was like, there's, there's no music that she's not around. Like there's nobody that could have done that. Um, and I was like, okay, I immediately was like, you know, I understand that I am aware of you. You can follow us around. I don't care. Um, but that's a boundary for me you cannot cross that boundary I do not like that it makes me very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and from this point on I realized that maybe this wasn't a ghost and it was something a little um, worse I mean ghosts Uh. aren't bad but because the thing with I'll say negative entities to avoid the d word (laughs) is I had thought it was a ghost But I think it was concealing itself as a harmless ghost, but it was not. And when demons (laughs) find out something that makes you uncomfortable, they will continue to push that boundary. And so here I was thinking that I was just setting up a hard boundary for a ghost saying, hey, I don't like when you interact with me that way. And so I kept walking, you know, because I had to go upstairs. So I I left where I was just standing for like 15 seconds. Um, And I started walking towards the stairs. And in my other ear, I heard, hey, louder. And I stopped and I just started walking faster. And it literally sounded like there were like 10 voices all around my head going, hey, 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 hey. Like nagging at me. And I got... not only was it a boundary cross for me but the energy that enveloped me was so nasty and like I was overwhelmed with fear and I put down what I was doing and I went outside and I felt silly I went up to my brother um who owns the company he's my boss and I was like I am so sorry um I feel silly doing this right now, but I cannot go back in there. I do not feel comfortable. That was like, it was overwhelming. Oh, man. And so I stayed in the garage with Tatiana and I told Tatiana what happened. And she was like, nope, I am not going back in there. That is super messed up. And the garage door was a weighted door that shut on its own. Mm -hmm. um, When you move in and out of it, like it kind of just swings shut. And me and Tatiana are talking about this. And then the garage door opens wide open, like the garage door to the house.
0: Oh, and
1: we're okay. staring at it. And Tatiana is like, oh, my God, that's literally him opening the door to the house. And I turned towards it and I said, leave us alone. We are not interacting with you. And then the door shut halfway, opened again fully and then slammed shut. It was so angry. I hate that. Oh, I have chills oh, talking I hate about that. it. It was so uncomfortable, and that will always stick with me because it yeah. was like, like a clear as day, hearing its voices. Um, no, I don't like oh, that. Oh, I, I did not like it one bit. Me and Tatiana didn't go back in that house. <laughs> My brother was angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were like, you know, we wonder if this girl was exploring things. But sometimes when people. Um, you know, open channels. They forget to protect themselves yeah. and anything can come through the channel, you know? They do. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Okay, next story. When I was in fifth grade, I went over my friend's house and this house is in like an old part of town and the houses are old and they're tall and kind of skinny. So this one had like three stories um, and we were... Walking around the house, and we were home alone, but we didn't know it. We thought her mom was home, and we wanted to make some tea. (laughs) So we were like calling for her mom, being like, Mom, can we make tea? Mom, 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 and no answer. And we get quiet for one second, and we just hear this woman's voice say, No one's home. And we looked at each other and screamed and ran out because we didn't recognize the voice. We didn't know whose voice it was. So we ran outside. The mom was outside like blowing leaves. The dad was at work. Um, Her brother and her sister were like at at daycare or something. Mm -hmm. And we were the only ones there and it was terrifying (laughs) and um, she had told me that house was haunted but like I didn't really um, I didn't really know to what extent (laughs) until then Um, and then you know I kind of waited a couple years to go back to that house Mm -hmm. Um, and at this point when I went back I was in 8th grade Mm -hmm. and I we knew we were home alone at this point and we were sitting in the kitchen and there was this like kitchen island in between us and we were having a conversation over the island and then we hear like footsteps on the top floor and I was like is somebody home and my friend was like no uh it's just an old house and it creaks sometimes and I was like okay you know your house better than I do sounds like footsteps but okay and um so we're talking 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 it kind of fades away whatever And then we hear somebody walking down the stairs. And I I was like, are you sure somebody's not home? And she's like, hi everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of Far Out Friends. In the spirit of October, Samhain, and Halloween, we are bringing you some spooky stories. A little content warning for everybody. We do get into topics of... Death, demons, and negative entities, so maybe if you are younger, skip this episode. We hope you enjoy, and have a happy fall. Yeah, I think so, and she's like, hello, and she calls up the stairs, absolute silence. Nobody's there. Oh, I hate it. And we're like, hello, no sound, and we're like, okay. It's just an old house. It's just an old house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we continue our conversation. And then at this point, the stairs are kind of in eyeshot of where we're talking. And we hear the, the footsteps come down the stairs, turn the corner, and we can see if somebody was coming around that corner. Right. And nobody it's was there. Oh. And then... Yeah. <laughs> The sound continues to walk across the floor to where we're sitting and talking and we're frozen. Yeah. Just staring at each other, mouths open, and we hear this footsteps and then finally it transfers to this tapping and it sounds like somebody's tapping their fingers across the counter in between where we're sitting and then up the wall oh no and we <laughs> looked at each we're, we're frozen <laughs> staring at each other and we just scream and run out of yeah, never fast that there. but here's like the weird thing that i've always like found very interesting kind of just playing with the mystery of life and how like things kind of circle back um So when she used to tell me all the ghost stories of the house and be like, oh, the other day something flew off the wall, like the kind of like spooky stuff. But when she moved into the house, apparently they had their windows cleaned. And she said that the window cleaner said that there was a ghost staring at him from the inside oh no I don't like that she's like the weird thing was, was the window cleaner was a shaman oh. and, and then I think about it and when we used to clean windows like I was like it's weird how we're like window cleaners and very sensitive to energy and like feeling ghosts and I was like um, how does that come full circle? That is that's so weird, so funny. Yeah. What? What shaman
1: is a window cleaner? But then here we are <laughs> doing psychic readings for people as window. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's so spooky. I yeah. hate the tapping. Wow. I yeah. have a tapping story, but that's also for later. <laughs> yeah.
0: Scott, do you have another?
2: Um, I, I told a lot of them during the first podcast, the one with during- the Ouija board, right? So we went through the Ouija board where we found we're in the Adirondacks on vacation. We opened a drawer, dusty Ouija board, and um, my brothers and I just asked all sorts of questions. One of them including talking to our dead uncle, asked for his birthday, the day, the month, and I think it was day and month. And then the Ouija board did get it correct. We also didn't know the answer until we asked our mom. So that was kind of like a spooky experience. Um, And the other one was, yeah, like, the child who died in the lake that we had been communicating with for a while. And uh, we asked him, we're like, are you a a kind ghost? And he said, no. And we're like, like, okay, so. (laughs) So, so, like, but, like, will you hurt us? And he kind of, like, basically said, like, if you come up to the place I died, up, up this mountain in front of you, then, yeah. We say, oh, no, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. We just wanted to talk. So.
0: Oh, I don't like it. Um, that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> no, I don't mess with Ouija boards. Um, no. We
2: played with the Ouija boards all the time, oh. like constantly. And it was only until we reached like high school is when the magic started to disappear. <laughs> and I, yeah, as funny. we got older, maybe, I don't know, but I still to this day wonder if my brother was messing with me. But to this day, he insists to the bottom of his heart that that was completely just not him. So, <laughs> yeah. Very spooky.
1: That reminds me of another spooky story because I feel like kids are so open and also so vulnerable with things sometimes. And um, (laughs) this reminds me of when I was nannying for a family. And uh, I was nannying and they had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And it was, those kids were so psychic and would say the most phenomenal things. I remember the night before going into work, I, had had very, uh, scary kind of demonic interactions in the dream realm. And, um, I woke up, you know, and I was like, ugh, didn't, didn't like that. Um, and I went to, uh, work and every morning I would ask the kids what they dreamt about. And, um, at that time they were very, very into the three little pigs and anything that scared them, they would just call the big bad wolf. And, um, the uh, four-year-old told me I dreamt about the Big Bad Wolf and he was in our house and I was like, oh, I hate that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I asked the two-year-old, you know, what did you dream about? And uh, she also said the Big Bad Wolf. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe she's just mimicking her older brother, you know, whatever. Um... And, uh, up to this point, I had never felt anything wrong with their house. Um, mm-hmm. and I would also, uh, kind of tea. I was like a private preschool teacher as well for them. And the parents had set up this really nice classroom in like their finished basement and the basement always felt fine. We would spend like almost every day down there doing school stuff. And, um, I think that the boy was, uh, up in the living room or something. And, uh, I was going to bring the two year old down to work on, you know, to, to use posters like down in the basement to work on her letters and everything. And, um, when I stood at the top of the basement stairs and looked down, I got this huge wave of fear that came over me. And then the two year old simultaneously grabbed onto me and she said, I'm scared. And I was like, huh, okay. Um, And I was thinking, you know, maybe she got scared because the basement lights were off and I intuitively felt her fear. Because if you spend enough time with kids, you start to empathically feel their feelings before they vocalize them. Uh, At least I do. (laughs) And, uh, And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I was just feeling her fear. Maybe, you know, I wasn't sensing something, still trying to convince myself. And I was like, oh no, it's okay, you know, and I turned the lights on and you know, we looked at like the pictures and the poster and then we sat down on the couch and we're doing some like educational games on the iPad and I was sitting there and I felt incredibly uncomfortable like mm-hmm. something was down there and I absolutely did not like it and as soon as in my head I was like, I don't know if we should be down here right now and the two-year-old Out of nowhere, she was totally chill on the iPad, and then out of nowhere, like, jumped on my lap, clung to me, and was like, can we leave? And I was like, yeah, we don't have to be down here. And we went back upstairs. And uh, it was just like, and and for, I'd say, like, a week and a half, two weeks, we didn't go down into the basement. And I would kind of, like, say things and, you know, send energies down there to clear the space again and then eventually it it was fine and then the kids started going back down there themselves again after like it's interesting once I started to feel like whatever was there is gone um they also started going down there and I remember one time the four-year-old who was very intuitive um I asked him once I was like uh why are you sometimes scared of the basement and he said um there's no light down there and I was like, well, um, you just turn on the lights. And he was like, no, they're the sunlight. There isn't sunlight down there. And that was so intuitive because sunlight cleanses spaces and people use sunlight to cleanse crystals and cleanse objects. And there was a small basement window, but it was very, um, dim. Like you always needed, no matter what time of day, you would usually turn on the light down there. Yeah. And he was saying that there isn't enough sunlight in that space. Um, to cleanse it and I feel that way about rooms that don't get enough sunlight. There's yeah a- Always kind of mucked up energy. I can never live in like a basement apartment like that. No, oh, no I need like a lot of natural light. Yeah
2: Oof. You know yeah. the spookiest place of all time for me was my grandparents basement specifically mm-hmm. um, So their basement it was kind of like one of those big mansion kind of places So the basement had like a workout room Which had like these big windows and it was actually kind of nice and it was cool But then there was like a hallway room, I guess, that leads to the other half of the basement. And if you go one door deeper into like that half of the basement, (laughs) it is the most like horrific place I'd ever seen in my life. There is no light whatsoever. It is a nightmare on earth. And when my friend and I, with our band, we recorded um, an album in that basement. And um, yeah, we we recorded some instrument, but then, (laughs) My friend put on the headphones, and the headphones were like, like totally demonic. <laughs> demonic <stuff. laughs> no. And like, look at his eyes; I was so afraid. And I was like, "What's going on?" And then I put on the headphones, and I was like, "Ah." Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that's just. The house <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah no, no, um, <laughs> wrong singer. Oh, um, <laughs> does it say your song? We deleted the file and then we continued recording. But oh my goodness! Yeah, no. we didn't. We dismissed a lot, but it was definitely like one of the. To this day, I still have nightmares in that room. That is the scariest room did, I had ever oh, seen. Man.
1: Didn't you once try to meditate in the dark in that hallway?
2: I did. And it, it, it did yeah, feel very good.
1: Yeah, you left. And feel
2: very good. Yeah. Also, that hallway is the first place in my life I ever found the book uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It was just, like, on the floor in that room. Oh, yeah.
1: oh man, I, mean, I hate that. And also, yeah, for,
2: so. for Scott
1: to be uncomfortable somewhere and leave, I feel like is saying a lot. Because Scott <laughs> has, you know, earlier I was saying I don't like visceral experiences. Scott has had so many visceral experiences with ghosts, spirits. Scott will be like, yeah, I woke up. There was this weird, haggard-looking woman standing over my bed. And I said, I'm just going to go back to bed. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
2: I gotta um, get my beauty sleep
1: Yeah Um, But so for Scott to be somewhere And be like yeah this isn't right And leave That means that there has to be like some really dark stuff there Happening
2: So in my old apartment In middle Connecticut
1: (laughs) To to not be so specific
2: (laughs) Um, It's a spooky area Um, Yeah I uh, was sitting in my bed I was laying in my bed and I woke up and I had this horrible feeling in me of like, oh, <laughs> like it's like, you know, in the middle of the night, you have that feeling of if I look to the left, I'm going to see something spooky. It's just this feeling. And, and I in my heart, I was like, no, I'm not going to do this going back to bed. But then like that feeling was just a little too much. And I was like, OK, well, I'll just look to the left just to like get the spooks out of my system and just say, OK, like it was just a shadow or something. So I looked to the left and I see like a shadow of a person and I'm like, okay, you know. My eyes are still kind of like foggy because that's how it is at night. Um, so I <laughs> I think this is hysterical. I, yeah, I I cleared up my eyes like this, and I was fully awake. There's no doubt I was like asleep or something. Like, I literally got up, I rubbed <laughs> my eyes to get the blurries out. And I said, okay, I'm fully awake. Let's look to the left again, and it was like a full man, a raincoat, and it was just like it. I, it just I just didn't think that was gonna happen that way. So, I just kind of my eyes just got really big, and I went, ah, "Oh my god!" And, and and I don't usually yell like that in the middle of the night. And then he looked at me, and then yeah, poof, gone yeah. in the black smoke.
1: He got scared and went, "Ah!" And poof,
2: yeah. <laughs> we just went, ah, ah. <laughs> and we both just yeah he disappeared And um yeah And I always tell people cause like they're like oh were you sleeping And like no I, I really got Out of bed I went to the bathroom I like got something to eat at the fridge like I was 100% awake And I just kind of eventually just went back to bed and I was like Well he disappeared So I guess I'm not being haunted anymore, and I just went back <laughs> to sleep.
1: Yeah, and he's man, off to
2: wherever he is.
1: He was like soaking wet in a raincoat, and it's interesting because um, in a group reading once, Scott was told that he had a past life as like a sailor and Who he drowned. drowned.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So maybe it was your past life coming it's to visit completely you. Completely possible.
2: <laughs> my first thought was, "Whoa, someone actually broke into my apartment!" Like yeah. that was my first. That was like my first thought, and that's why I yelled, "Like, oh my god." And then, when they disappeared, I was like, I almost felt less afraid because I was like, <laughs> the moment I found out it was a ghost was the same moment I realized the ghost was gone. Yeah, and I also realized that someone didn't break into my apartment. So I was like, <laughs> "Well, the scary stuff is gone now. Well, yeah. <laughs> like that's convenient. Um Wow. <laughs>
1: So we can go on forever talking about all sorts of different random spooky experiences. Because I'm sure if I sit here, I can think of more. I can conjure up more. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, it is time to start talking about spooky stories from Dahlia's old apartment. Which was actually in the same town in central Connecticut somewhere. One of those kind of... um, middle of nowhere, tiny towns, very much, a, no, no pun intended, but like a ghost town. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, what Scott, the story Scott just told with seeing the fisherman next to his bed, that was the same town. Um, Scott had lived just down the road from me. So, yes. Scott, do you want to uh, start with your spooky experiences in Dahlia's old apartment? Yes. So
2: I, was, so I was Dahlia's roommate. Um, living on her couch.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember because um, her brother also lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and her brother's girlfriend also was there a lot of the time, too. And so while I was sleeping, and I'm kind of a late nighter, I fell asleep and I kind of woke back up a little bit late in the middle of the night. And I just heard, like, yeah, like um, her brother and his girlfriend they enter the apartment and they were walking through the hallway, they come up. And they're kind of giggling, and in my mind, I'm like, kind of thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, you can prank me, but like, I kind of know you're here, and this is like awkward. Were like, they
1: giggling around you, sleeping? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know it came that close.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, they walked right, no, like right up to me.
0: <sighs>
2: like just like, they walked in <laughs> front of the couch.
0: Right. Finish around the, the table. Yes. Yeah.
2: Anyways, they're giggling and like they're laughing and like. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to be prince right now. This is stupid. I'm like, they sound drunk or something. So I was like, whatever. And um, I came back to bed and that was my night. So Scott goes back to bed happily, fine. In the morning, I must have talked to your brother. I was like, you guys were like totally, you guys must have been drunk or something. Because like, what was with that? You guys walked past, past me and like giggling and all this stuff and whatever. Like, <laughs> what was that about? Three in the morning. And they were like, yeah, no, we we weren't home that night.
1: Yeah. He, he was like, I slept over at, you know, my girlfriend's. Like, I
2: wasn't home. Yeah, he was at the girlfriend's house. So they, like, weren't there at all. And I left. I was like, no, you guys were there. You guys were going to make a joke. And you guys were giggling. And then you guys just, like, let it go. Walked to the kitchen and left. <laughs> like, no. I so um, I was like, that's very spooky. And then especially when, and these are probably your stories, of the reoccurring um, interactions with these two
0: there were a couple entities yeah Yeah, it's
2: usually a boy and a girl and they're usually like children
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: um yes and just for the record scott who very much journeys in his dreams has told me that some of the most terrifying dreams he's ever had were in that apartment
2: oh absolutely yeah
0: things that like oh man like real dark stuff (laughs) i think that ties pretty well into my stories Mm -hmm. from that apartment Um, So I had spent a couple nights at Dahlia's apartment. (laughs) There was one night where I was spending the night and I heard Dahlia's brother walking around at night at 3 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, and I was in a different room and I was, like, fast asleep. But I hear him walking around and it's really late. And I was like, wow, he's home, like, really late. Like, I wonder why he was out so late. (laughs) And then I hear... Kind of like a hand push against the door. Oh, yeah. And the door opens. And I was like, why is Dolly's brother coming into the room right now? I was so confused. So I like look up and I just see the shadow of a figure standing in the corner of the room by the door. Right, by the bathroom door. Yeah, because by the, the room
1: door. you were in was connected to the bathroom.
0: Yes. Yep. And I lost it like I thought again like what Scott said I thought somebody broke into right. the apartment and I like threw the covers over my head and I was like ah! and I like turned on the light and I look and nobody's in the right. room and you checked all over the room I, under the bed There was nobody I did I like looked in the closet I looked under the bed because I thought somebody had broken into yeah. the apartment. I was so freaked out. Yeah Um, so that was my first experience mm-hmm. in that apartment the last experience I had I slept over there and I heard two entities talking over me. When you were when you were kind of about to fall asleep, right? No, it was, was- I was like in and out of sleep. So they kept waking me up at like 3 a.m. and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I like could hear them talking <laughs> over me and they had just, they were like plotting. Yeah. They were plotting mm-hmm. to like kind of bring down the energy and the people in the apartment to like kind of degrade their mental health. And be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive him crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. And it I was. Oh my. So terrifying. Ugh. It was so scary, and I'm so glad that I will never go back to that apartment. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. I believe
1: um, it. So Dahlia's stories of this this town, <laughs> of this apartment, because to paint the picture for our audience. Um, this this town, again, was a very rundown little ghost town that um, I kind of ended up in because I needed a cheap place to rent throughout college. And, you know, I split it with my brothers. Um, and <sighs> the town itself was very weird. And the apartment was um, an old three-story house. And on the first floor was a bar. And um, they the bar was basically just filled with these long time alcoholics and addicts that used to just like literally wait outside on the curb to just go into the bar at like 1 p.m. And, and then they would return the next day and wait to come back into the bar. And right behind this building, There was an old beaten down shack, uh, that used to be a small crack house. Um, just, you know, I live in much better conditions now, guys. I, it was very much a place to squat and then I go off to to college. Um, you know, a girl's got to work with what she's given, (laughs) but so really, really bad energy. And. Um, this was the case before I moved in because my brothers had lived there before I came to join, um, and split the place with them. But the, there were three apartments in this building. Um, so there was the first level that was the bar. There were two small apartments on the second level. And then there was our apartment, which was, uh, which took up the third level. Um, there were always addicts in the building. Uh, there were drug dealers in the building as the other tenants So this was just a vortex of really, really negative, dark energy. Um, Somebody or a couple of people had died in that building um, from very unhealthy means, like substance. Um, It was not a good place. Um, The actual land that the building was on was muddy and rats would come into the building and it was just, the energy was sunken into the earth. It was so bad. Um, and rotten to the it was, rotten. <laughs> it was so rotten. And, um, you know, I decided it was a good time to have a spiritual awakening and open up, <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, as one <wonder>, does <laughs> and you know, everyone had always gotten weird feelings about this place. So even before I really started tuning into, uh, being aware of other entities, there were everybody, um, who would, who had lived there or stayed there would hear noises at the end of the hallway, mm-hmm. you know, and you would pause the TV and listen for a second and be like, what was that? And there is nothing. And you press play on the TV and it's, it's this long, narrow hallway that was dark. It was a very dark apartment. And at the end of the hallway was the bathroom, which was the worst, worst area. And it was a very, very old building um, and so it had these. The bathroom had these tiny doors that led into crawl spaces inside the building. And um, you know, I've had uh, friends stay the night who are totally not into any spiritual stuff, but they they tell me they're like, yeah, if I wake up in the middle of the night and have to use the bathroom, I hold it till the morning. Oh like, yeah, I do not oh, go yeah. in that bathroom. So my my brother who I lived with uh, worked at a restaurant and sometimes wouldn't get home till like two in the morning because yeah. he would close. Um, and I would hear footsteps go up and down the hallway. Um, I would be plagued by all sorts of terrible, terrible dreams. Um, I would hear creaking on doors, all sorts of stuff. Um, and the worst night, which is the main story that I'll tell, uh, is, uh, it started in a dream, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because they would very much interact in, uh, the dream realm and also a side note uh falling asleep um or in the middle of the night waking up and hearing giggling children around you was a regular thing that i would experience both of my brothers would experience my friends like kaylee and scott and other people um where you're kind of like in and out of this dream state and just like kaylee said um they would just be like snickering around you and it would be children's voices, but they did not feel like children whatsoever. And, um, it was very much the form that they took. And I remember, um, I was falling asleep and the main, the, the the one that sounded like, uh, the main leader, if you will, um, was this, this little girl's voice. And she was, she would talk about me while I was falling asleep and kind of say things like, oh, like, look at how she looks so cute. Look at her. Oh, she's falling asleep. Oh, in a very almost condescending way. And when they do this, they know that they're making themselves like, um, like able to hear, you know, they know I can hear them because they, they have control to do that, Mm -hmm. um, so they're doing that just to spook me out, you know. Yeah. And uh and so I I fell asleep to these voices and then I found myself in uh in this apartment building. Um but in the dream world. And uh in the dream world, I was living in one of the uh, second story apartments and a family lived on the third story. And with this family, um the mother of the family in this dream was very, very unwell. And she was a single mother and she had these kids that were not taken care of at all. And one of, I I was outside of my apartment door and one of the children from the third story apartment, which is the one that I actually lived in, in real life, uh, was talking to me. And he was this quote unquote child, Um, that very much had the energy of like possessed child type of type of deal, you know, kind of what you see in horror movies, this child that's very serious and very, um, twitchy. And, uh, he looked at me in the dream and said, uh, you know, there's demons here. And I said, oh, you know, um, yeah, I, I know there are, there are energies in this building. And he said, what are you doing? about it. What are you doing to protect yourself? And, uh, he's like, because they're, they're going to get you. Ugh. And I told him, I was like, well, I believe that if I hold my energy very purely and then at a very high vibration, they can't really interact with me. They can't really mess with me. They don't resonate on my energy, you know? And, uh, and that's that, you know, I hold my energy in my space. They can't penetrate that. And he looked at me again, this, this like small, maybe six-year-old looking child and said, huh, that's cute. Like that, that's cute that you think that. And then he took this fruit and he offered me this fruit. And I was like, oh, thanks. And it was like an apple or something. And I bit into it. Um, and he goes, I use the fruit. And I put them in the corners and it collects the demonic energy. And I looked down at the fruit and it was like blackened and rotted. And then I spit it out and handed it back to him. And I and I kind of was like, this kid's weird and avoided him. Right. I just did. I was like, I'm not talking to this kid anymore. Weird neighbors. You know how they are. <laughs> and I feel like I'm the weird neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and skip forward in the dream. And, uh, I was now in the third story apartment with this, uh, mother that was very mentally unstable. And, uh, she was talking to me about like all of this dark stuff. And, um, basically to kind of skip ahead a little more, uh, she started like contorting into this like demonic figure and basically the shell released itself and it turned into this like ever looming presence of this horrible demonic thing that was now I was running through this house trying to get away from it and it was chasing me and uh it started speaking to me in this deep kind of like um in many voices but in really deep it was just so uncomfortable um and it started offering things to me And it was saying, I can give you so much power. You will want for nothing. You won't have to sleep. You won't have to eat. You will have everything. And I was running from this thing that was trying to get me. And I stopped and I turned towards it. And I was like, you're just talking about death. That's what you're offering to me is to kill me. And as soon as I said that, my body was like lifted up into the air and this... mm, intense like ear piercing screech sounded and then I woke up Oh! and then now it is 3 in the morning and I'm laying in my bed and it's very much that feeling that Scott's saying where you look to the side and you know that something's there. Every night I would close my bedroom door as a symbolic like an energy symbolic thing saying I'm shutting the door nothing's coming in here So I'd always close my bedroom door. I woke up. I looked to my right. My bedroom door was wide open. No. And uh, I looked to my left and next to my bed, there were windows. I looked to my left and there's this cat staring straight into the room and I gasped. And as soon as I gasped, one of my dogs jumped up, laid across my whole body, turned towards my bedroom door and started growling
0: no nope. i'm dead serious i can't
1: make this up oh i hate that so <laughs> um, much um <laughs> also just to give people context about this cat that was looking into the room um again i'm on the third story of a building where i never saw cats around there were never stray cats around the building i lived there for years i never saw any neighborhood cats there was nothing that could have brought A cat out of curiosity other than the cat sensing that something was going on so my dog is now growling into the dark um I have two dogs and I look at my other dog and I know something's just not okay like something's really bothering him he was sleeping peacefully next to me and as soon as I look at him and I'm like oh something's not right he gets up goes to the far corner right next to my bedroom door that was open starts circling around and starts vomiting and I'm like oh my goodness and then my dog like the one who's vomiting looks at me and starts whimpering and I reach my hand out to him and call him over and he hops in bed with us and I'm petting my dog that's on top of me growling being such a mama bear protector right now and I'm just trying to ground myself and I feel furious energies around me like things that are just on top of me Mm -hmm. and i sit up in bed and i just i decide to start saying a protection prayer to um, archangel michael and so i start saying a prayer to push out any negative energy and as soon as i start praying i hear tapping all over the walls i stop i listen i'm like hmm i've been in this building for so long there are no pipes that tap like that. And so I continue to pray and the tapping gets fast. And I was thinking, clearly they don't like this. So I'm gonna just keep praying. <laughs> so I kept praying. And uh, as soon as I finished the prayer, all the tapping stopped. Um, and I lay down in bed and I was like, oh, you know, I was doing, I was grounding myself to the earth. I was imagining a protective bubble around me. I felt so uncomfortable and um, eventually I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to try to go back to sleep. And so I had um, a little salt lamp that was on, it was glowing orange. So I turned off the salt lamp, closed my eyes to go back to sleep. And then out of nowhere, my dog, again, the one who is very protective, she was sleeping next to me on the ground as soon as I turned the lamp off to lay back down. She, I hear her jump up and snarl and growl, like ferociously at something. And I turn the light on and she has like her lips curled back and her ears back and she's growling like crazy. And then she stops and perks her ears up, waits for a moment and then lays her head back down as if it's gone. And, but at that point, I was like, yeah, nope, I'm not sleeping tonight.
0: <laughs> Dogs, no. Dogs oh, and yeah. kids are so sensitive to that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need to, like, cleanse after that. Yeah, no, that, that, uh, even bringing up that apartment, like, upsets it was a, me. It such a dark place. <laughs> well, all right. happy October. Happy October. <laughs> yeah. I hope yeah. you all, um sleep peacefully yeah. maybe with a nightlight yeah. <laughs> like <With> a <laughs> i will of prayers to, to archangel michael yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and we hope you really enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time on yeah. far out friends bye bye
1: hi everyone thanks for listening to this spooky episode of far out friends um make sure to like and subscribe our youtube videos um, and connect with us. Follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, and also...